HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, and they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! All right, greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs is up here. And man, it's I, I'm not gonna lie. This has been the week or the weekend that just kept on giving, especially if you're a family fan. Like, you can't deny Ed Reed was a gift because he had he he hit what was otherwise a pretty piss poor weekend in the world of family athletics. I'm just saying, like. Appreciate it, Ed, because otherwise y'all have been talking about the basketball team. But if you don't talk about it, I will. Um, before we started, big shout out HBCU Digital Network. This is home. Also, Herb Seward, the Black Techies. Also, if you missed Herb Seward's basketball spaces on Friday, you missed the treat. He gave you a warning that Alcorn's pretty good. Like, this team does not suck, and they didn't suck. And, I mean, this trip to the great state of Mississippi may not be as great as some of you like it to be, and that's cool, but at the same point, let's keep it a whole bean. This team ain't that good. So, I mean, you know, this kind of is what it is. But today what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a little bit of family football. You get another one, like, and this is a point. At this point, you you can't deny. Right? One emphasis: recruiting is huge, and it, it just it is what it is. I mean, forgive me for looking to the left there. I had to pull up his tennis results. Also, family tennis. Got to talk about that. Kind of see like it, it hasn't been a good weekend. Like a lot of slipping going on. Obviously, women's and men's basketball. Yeah, bro. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So that being started, let's start off on the high note. And that's the family men's football team. With a women's football team. But we got a family recruiting has been stupid. It's been crazy. And it's been a great it's I want to say experience, but it's been good to watch. And we got another commitment, and this commitment is Yannick. First name, we're going to start with Yannick. Um, I believe the last name is like Ungulade or Ungulade, uh, but he's from Waldorf, Maryland. He's a transfer from the University of Buffalo. He's a freshman. And 6'5", 270. And I, I continually harp on this as far as recruiting goes. When we look at where we should go facilities-wise, I think the MAC is where you're looking. Look at the comparable schools in the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, and notice that those schools' stadiums are not far off from Bragg. But also notice their attendance is trash. Right, the only thing they have above us is that they're F FBS, families FCS, and they get a lot of Florida recruits. That should be your starting ground for facilities. 
The stadium's already there. The basketball arena is there. What about the other facilities? Because I feel like if you can overcome that gap, you'll start getting some of these students off the first round. And he's coming as a freshman, a transfer freshman. So got three or four years of eligibility left. That might be a good look. I'm just saying, as a fan, it's it's nice because you're seeing how important that offensive line is. A place that, as I mentioned, that was going to be a place that was very important for us. And we, we needed that. We need that growth. We need that development. Last year, the offensive line was a place where we were lucky because you were able to move people around. But by season's end, really you were leaning on true freshmen and transfer students to carry your team. I think you're going to have additional depth. I do anticipate another transfer or two just because you're bringing in players. Somebody's got to go. And I, I think it's going to be well, by the time we get to the orange and green game, things are going to be fun. Things are going to be exciting. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, also, FAMU tennis. And I, again, I'm kind of, I started out with the winning sport and I'm finishing with the losers. Baby tennis over two on the weekend. Lost to Florida Gulf Coast. Also lost to, lost to FSU. The loss to FSU is not concerning. You, you expect that. They they are more committed to athletics than FAMU is. You have a larger budget, l- larger coffers, just a lot. But at the same point, the Florida Gulf Coast one, that was one of those ones where I was like, you would have liked to get something out of that, more than what you got. And it, it's just one of those things that right now, as a fan, I want more. I want to do more. I've always, I've stated once, I'll keep on saying it. I want to, I want to win more than the SWAC. Because being SWAC is fine, but we're able to see that it's not enough. We need more. And maybe that's a commitment to facilities because the facilities ain't what they should be. But uh, essentially, what it needs to be is it's got to be more than that. And losing to both Florida Gulf Coast at home and then going across the street to lose to Florida State, not a great look. I'm just going I'm to I'm keep it there and leave it there because I want more. I want to be a championship program. I do. And we have our programs that honestly are in the doldrums, especially our basketball programs. Look at the women's basketball program, and they're going to take me inside the den. We're not going to go yet. But that that trip to Alcorn was terrible on both ends. Granted, for the women, Alcorn is ranked ninth in the the SWAC. And as I mentioned, FAMU is two steps above the floor. We're literally two places above the floor for the women. The men have fallen down to one place above the floor. And... You're looking at some of this is related to just what's working, what's not working. Alcorn's offense is fourth in the conference, defense the third. You're not scoring enough. You're not doing enough. Granted, there's growth from last year because last year you weren't a good team, but this year you got you got to do more. Now I'm be honest, the game against Jackson, I wouldn't watch it. I'm just gonna be real with you. I wouldn't waste my time. I don't expect us to win. I, and that's not being a fair weather fan. I miss me with that. If you don't support everything we do, you're not, you're, you're not a fan. That's not being a fair weather fan. That's valuing my time. We got tails whipped. 
I know that, you know that, and everybody else between us knows that. We're not going to win that game. So it's not worth me sitting there watching. Now, is it worth them going out there and trying? Absolutely, because you might pull an upset. But that's why it's called an upset. Nobody expects FAMU to win that game. I don't expect us to win that game. I'm just being real. I could be real. I could lie to you. And I'd much rather tell you the truth. I don't expect us to win that game. And it's not a game that I'm even going to get upset if and when we do lose. Because I realize what Jackson State is built as a basketball program, as well as a football program. They have two programs that are solid, that are really good, and that honestly, that's the best program in the SWAC. They're the ceiling. We're closer to the floor. And at, at a certain point, you got to realize they have their second place in the SWAC. They have the best defense and best offense in the Southwestern, Southwestern Athletic Conference, meaning you're probably not going to win. Statistically, the numbers are not in your favor. But let's do a little self-scouting to kind of see why. Overall, FAMU is currently in 10th place, the women's team. Offensively, you're in 8th. Defensively, you're in ninth. Now, they have this thing called margins. Margins are when you take the offensive points that you score compared to the defensive points that you allow, and you subtract the two. FAMU's in 10th place. So it's no shock that your margins are in 10th place, and conference-wise, you're in 10th place meaning you're at the bottom of the barrel. Now, again, I've told y'all before, and it's not just because I'm sweet on coach. Because don't get me wrong, Coach Pillow is a beautiful lady. Love looking at her. But I also give her the grace and the understanding that this is truly her second year. And this is a completely new team. And I've seen un poquito bit of growth. That being stated, I need more. I, I, I need five wins. I told y'all before the season started, if FAMU hit 10 wins for the season, I was going to be whistling Dixie. Look away, look away, look away. I'm just saying, like, I would literally be happy because last year you had four. I thought it was three, but then I looked up and I realized, oh, crap, somebody had to forfeit the game. So FAMU had a four-win season last year. I'll get more into that. But still, there's growth. And I'm always here for growth. I can accept that. What I can't accept is the males. But again, I'll, I'll, I'll look away for a second, just understanding that this team is different. This is not the same team from last year. And there's some growth. Now, on the men's side, I'm a little bit more jaded just because he's been there longer. I stated before he'd been there a decade. That was wrong. He started in 07, uh, 17, excuse me, 2017. So you're going on year six, year seven. I'm just saying, you've been here a while. Your culture is here. He's had success. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Coach McCullum has had success while at FAMU, despite adversities. But at the same point, I'm giving you a lot shorter leash because this team, it doesn't look like you you grew and you learned from last year. And that that is where, for me, the problem the problem lies, because Alcorn State, it's Alcorn State team, second, second place in conference. Uh, I believe I said the women were second. The, their women were ninth. But their men's team second place in conference. So when the floor goes against the ceiling, there's no shock that that molly whopping happens. But they're eighth place in scoring. Defensively, they're in fourth. So you, you get a 10-point loss, and it's 57 to 47. But my biggest gripe was that at halftime, 
you didn't score 20 points. Like, how sway? How is it that at, at halftime, we don't have 20 points? Like, you couldn't fall into 20 points? You couldn't luck your way into 20 points? I mean, thank goodness everybody was looking at Bethune-Cookman and the debacle that was going on with Ed Reed, but you scored less than 20 points in a half of college basketball with D1 talent. I mean, it's just, and of course you lost. Again, and you scored less than 50 points for the whole night. I, I said it already. 55 and a half ain't going to do. It's not. If you're scoring less than 60 points in collegiate basketball, you're not going to be a winning program. And you're not. You're, ne- you're almost dead butt last. in a Sunday, so I ain't cursing. You're next to last place. You're 11th place in the conference in a not a great basketball conference. I'm just saying, like, make it make sense, Sammy, because it ain't. So I don't know where the discontent, where the disconnect is, but we're going to do a little self-scouting in a minute because Jackson State's coming, and that game's Monday, 8.30. The women play at 6.30. Conference-wise, Jackson State's at 6th, the men's seat. So they're in the middle of the pack. So you got a bottom dweller, which we are near the floor. And then you have somebody that's near the middle. Now, conference-wise, offensively, they're seventh in scoring. Defensively, they're last. Meaning you should score some buckets. Like, this team is last place in defense. Granted, your offense sucks. But, again, let's do a little self-scouting. Offensively, fam, you're in last. Defensively, you're, you're in fifth. The margins place you 11th. I'm just saying, conference-wise, the, the margins this year have a direct correlation to your ranking and your results. You're 11th place in the margins. You're 11th place in the conference out of 12 teams. You're almost last. I can't, I can't, I, it doesn't, the math ain't mapping because this is where I'm going inside the den. And a slip of the tongue can cost you a lot. We saw that with Cookman. And y'all notice I was really quiet about that on purpose because I have my own feelings about that. And I'll be real with y'all. I'll keep it a whole beam with you. I thought they were going to keep him at that point. I thought with what he said, it was wrong. But I, I felt like what should have happened is this is where you got money. You have a publicist, you use them. Because a publicist could have said all of that in a very nice way that was palatable to the public. But I'm going to leave it there because I'm not going to say whether right or wrong. But I'll leave that there. But for me personally, I can't come out here and jump on the fire of the coach train because in about three weeks, I'm going to be up there about five feet away from the coach. And granted, I ain't trying to scrap. And if it came to it, I'm going to throw, throw what I got to throw. I ain't saying I'm going to win. But at the same point, sometimes it's better to err on the side of caution. Seizing your words and say something in a way, in a manner that you can walk up to that person and present what you said and defend it. And what I'm going to say about this is, 
I'm careful about what I say. I, I, I told you, I, I, I joke about Coach Pillow all the time. You know, I tell y'all she look nice. She's a beautiful lady because she is, and she does. But when, when I see her, I don't, I'm not flirting with her. Hey, Coach, how you doing? That's about all I'm going to give you. But I'm not going to give y'all, hey, Coach, what your number is? Hey, let me talk to you after the game right quick. I don't do that. I don't do all that. Like, some of this is a little tongue-in-cheek. Some of this is so y'all know. Hey, she looked nice. Look, she had a little, she had a she had a dreads redone in the last game. I see you, coach. Had a skirt on. I see you, coach. Looking all nice and stuff. All right, all right, okay, all right. But I'm not over there trying to holler at that, at that individual. I I keep it respectful. Like, don't get it twisted. All this out here is just for fun and games. But when it comes real down to the nitty-gritty, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to cross that line of being respectful with Coach. She's Coach. She's good people. Every time I've met her, she's been really nice. Like, I'm just saying, like, a certain part of this is play. But some of it is like, yo, she don't look, she look right. She look right. You know, she's nice to look at. You know, she's like, But I'm also not going to get out of pocket. And one of my things – is for FAMU basketball. I told y'all before the season started, it's going to be a losing season. I told you last year I predicted a losing season for this year. It, so forgive me for not being on the fire everybody train. I'm not on that because I want to provide constructive criticism. I told y'all before, and if you ever listen to the ad for the pod, I'm, I'm here about growth. I'm also here for sharing and trying to find a positive way to talk about this because fire everybody ain't the answer because then if you fire everybody, you got to hire everybody and then you got to pay somebody. And that now you're paying $300,000 for one basketball coach. And if you fire both of them, you're paying over a half a million dollars for two coaches for a product that really doesn't generate that much revenue. I'll, I'll, I'll say that again for a product that doesn't generate that much revenue. It's not, if you fire, if you fire the coach and hire another all of a sudden, the arena is not going to fill up. The product is the product. Now, my constructive criticism is this, and I got some for both teams. The men's team, you, you got to tweak the system. The defense is working well. Again, you're, what, fifth place? The offense is butt. It even coaches said the offense is trash. So it's not over here like, okay, well, the offense is going to get fixed next year when we got new players. That's great. But next year is your contract year. Like, you you really don't have that to play with. Yeah, because of MJ and other people, you do get a little more grace. But this year, just, just let's just keep it a bean. It's going to be trash. The tennis is going to be garbage. Like, don't complain to these students and these fans for not supporting the losing product. You're not going to do it. Just saying, like, you're not going to drive three, four, five hours to go up there, watch them lose, and then come back and drive. No. 10 hours to watch them lose when I can watch on Facebook. I'm good. I right, am. And I'm just being real with you. Like, let, let, let's cut the crap. Let's cut the blind fandom and be realist. Nobody's going to go up there and watch the losing product. And it is, it's a losing product and they don't score. I mean, it's one thing if they was dropping 70 points and couldn't play no dang gum defense. Oh shoot. The game's exciting. You just can't play no defense, but you can't score. 
That's why people come to the games. And you're next to last. One of the bottom, one of the worst teams in scoring. So, again, first thing is, leaning on a fifth-place defense is not working. You're a defensive team. Coaches said that. But leaning on that defense to carry this team is not working because you're dead last scoring. Boy, I've edited myself twice. I came this close to cussing twice. You're dead last in scoring. You got people on the bench that can put up some buckets. You got some people that can score. You got to find them and put them in the game and give them an opportunity to do it. They may not fit the confines of the offense, but guess what? The offense ain't working. The confines of the offense are confining to the point that the junk ain't working. You're last place scoring. So don't be married to last place. I'm sorry. I'll tell y'all real quick. I used to be a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. Diehard. I'm a Rays fan. Why did I leave the Braves? Because the Braves left Atlanta. I just felt like they're where they went and the reason they left did not match the way I want to be a fan. Again, my ideals did not fit what the team was. So I could no longer support them. I'm a Rays fan. And guess what? When I come in there, I understand. We're probably not going to the World Series. It's going to be some good baseball. We're going to be cheap. We're going to lose all of our expensive players. I understand the system. Cool. I'm still going to support. And I ain't been to a Rays game in like two, three years. I ain't going to lie to you. I might try to go this year. Might. But again, well, they got spring training in Orlando. I'll probably go to two or three. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just I'm just pointing out in my own fandom how rational I am. I am not a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Now, I was supporting them last night because I'm from Florida. But they suck. Traditionally, the Jaguars are trash. Guess what I'm not going to do? Make myself sit there and watch it. I'm not going to do that. Because as a fan, I'm not going to do that to myself. I cannot stand the Orlando Magic. And it's not because I don't like the, the Orlando Magic. I don't like the organization. I don't like how they manage their best players. I'm a Miami Heat fan because I like how they manage their best players. See how all of a sudden the actions of the team dictate the actions of the fan? Same thing here. You have a last place offense. It's not working. Stop marrying yourself to a system that ain't working. Because guess what? I'm not marrying myself to the Jags because they suck. They made the playoffs this year. I was so happy for them. I was happy for their fan base. But I'm not going to squish my allegiance over to the Jags. I'm just not. You got to give me something more than like a year to be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, go Jags. I'm going to cheer for you, go Jags. But I'm not going to sit up there and make it my business to go up there and support Trevor Lawrence and all that. I'm not going to do it. There's no winning tradition. There's no winning product. And with family basketball, we see the same thing. It's not a winning product, but you're married to an offense, and you're saying, and you're and I'm I'm pulling this from what the coaches show us. Certain people aren't playing because they aren't fitting the confines of the offense. Well, throw the offense in the trash because it's in last place. It's not working. Look at the look, go back and watch the film and look at some of the faces of some of your coaches. Your assistants are looking like this ain't gonna work. I'm not the only one that notices this. So why are you married to it? So my constructive criticism is, one, ditch the offense. Find you a score and ride it out. Because 
again, you got to have some personal adjustments. First, find a score. Secondly, give that person more minutes. Whoever can put the ball in the cup, give them more minutes. They may be weak defensively, but you know what? Put a strong defensive person in there and just let them be an albatross. Like, let them just be somebody you just say, okay, it's cool. Hell, the Philadelphia 76ers did it and made the playoffs because Ben Simmons darn sure can't shoot. Not worth us, not to save his life. But where everybody is, he's a defensive specialist. We let him live. We let him be that. They made the playoffs. We were good. You got to do something similar. Hey, this guy don't play no defense. We can get some buckets. Cool. Because less than 50 points ain't going to do, and nobody's going to watch it. So stop complaining to the fans about not coming to support you. They're not going to support you. Like, let's be real. They're not going to support a losing product, and they're not going to support you when the product is boring. And as much as those students deserve better, they're not going to get better because even though they deserve it, now you're looking at a cost time analysis. Is that three, four hours I'm going to spend watching this product worth me sitting there and watching it knowing we're going to lose over me doing something else I want to do? For me, the answer is not always. I'll watch it, but going to it is a complete different story. To travel three hours, then go sit there and watch the game for three to four hours, then travel back three hours. I've given up a day for a losing product. Not going to be able to do it. I'm just saying. But then you got to construct an offense that's giving you more opportunities to score, whether it's because of turnovers or what have you. We're not scoring. You got to figure that out. And I'm just saying, like, Look at last year. It seems like we didn't learn from that. You had a ball-dominant guard who really was your primary scorer, followed by a couple other guys that were uh, good scorers. But you had one dude. MJ was the guy. You need that. That's your offense. Your offense is that of the old Philadelphia 76ers, Allen Iverson style. This guy's ball-dominant. This guy scores most of my points. The rest of you guys are pips. I hate to say it. MJ was Gladys. All the other dudes was the pips. And nobody likes to be a pip, but I guess what? I'm going to tell you the truth. If we winning, I will two-step and shoe up all freaking day long. Because guess what? We're winning. We are winning. But if you losing, I ain't going to pip for you. I ain't pipping for nobody. I ain't pipping if my first name was Scotty. I'm not pipping. But your offense is based on a style where you have a Gladys Knight and a bunch of pips. And you better find Gladys. Because guess what? Um, huh. It's about to be over. It really is. Like, it's about to be over. Your love is about to be overboard. And they're going to say, hey, bro, you work too hard. <laughs> And you're going to tell them, not really, not hard enough. And then they're going to say, well, you got to work somewhere else. Because guess what? Even Gladys got rid of the pips. It's not going to be long. Now, the women's team, just saying, I, I'm going to provide some criticism for them, too. Again, constructive. Before I get to the what y'all want me to say. 
FAMU has almost as many wins as we had last year. If we're, if we're being real, FAMU has as many wins they had last year at this point in the season. Now, we have four wins last year, but one of those was a game that was forfeited. But straight up wins, fam, you had three wins last year. Right now, we have three wins. I'm just saying, you got as many wins this year as you did last year, unless you count the forfeited game from last year, which gave you four. So I, I see growth because I see the roster flip. But beyond that, we're looking for a little more. I, I, I'm just being honest. I, I need a little more. I'm a Coach Pillow fan, and I'm a bit of a Coach Pillow stan. And I told y'all, it ain't because she's just cute. Some of it is because she's really going on her third year, really second year. The, now, on the flip side, again, the reason the leash is a little short on the other side is you're going on year seven, six, seven years. You've been here. You kind of you know what it is. Yeah, you got some bad hands dealt to you, but – you're in year six or seven. She's in year three. In a in an honest year two. So keep tweaking the system. Because granted, that 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 game against Alcorn was not as close to the men's final score. But at halftime, you're down two points. Halftime, the men were not that close. I, I mean, you know, let, let's call it spade a spade. Keep tweaking the system. Like I can see where you're continuing to search and to find and to look for things. You're searching. I can deal with you searching. I really can. I'm fine with that. But it, it's got to improve. It, it has to be more than that. Because offensively, you're near the bottom. Like, offensively last year, you were 11th. I'm just saying. Like, this year, offensively, it ain't great, but you're 10th. It's one place better. So, sorry, eighth. Three places better. It's growth. I, that, that's not me trying to sell a spot for Coach Pillow, but defensively, you were 10th last year. Near the bottom. One of the worst in the conference. This year, you're a lot higher than that. You're ninth. 10th in margins last year. Right now, you're 11th. So in areas of growth, there are some, but there are some other areas of regression. And it, it's just, it's got to improve. But again, you're this is your first year with a new team. And it's it's got to, I got to give you that last year. I got to give you next year. And the consideration that a lot of these players might come back to see what you truly are going to turn into. Because it's, I mean, next year, next year's D-Day. If you are a family basketball coach, next year's D-Day. Because next year is a contract year. The contracts expire in 24. And for those that want to fire the coaches, I'm going to give you why not. Why don't you... Just fire them right away. The cost. You fire both those coaches, they're, they're making about $150,000 a year. That's $300,000 in dead money that you're going to then add to another coach. And you got to pay them at least 
close to 100 and something, if not that 150. So you're going to be looking at close to $600,000 in basketball coaches. And basketball might bring in, does it bring in that much? I'm just saying, ask him for a friend because I don't have the stats in front of me. But does it bring in that much to warrant you firing two coaches to replace them with two new coaches? Or do you just ride it out for one more year? Another another thing is timing. Again, you got one year left on these contracts. In basketball, the attendance ain't all that, especially if the 100 ain't there. Like, it's just not. And then again, revenue. How many of y'all got basketball season tickets? Because I, I only know of one person. I know one person that's got basketball season tickets. That's it. And when I go, when I've gone to the games, the tennis ain't all that. So for a sport that's really not producing a lot of revenue, we're gonna fire coaches. I'm just saying. I mean, if somebody want to cut a check for three hundred thousand dollars, and and write fire these coaches. It's on you, bro, or sis, fam. That's on you. But for me, I'm not there. I'm just not. I I, I want more. I want better. I think we could do better. But I'm going to be real with you. I don't think that this team, if you all of a sudden fire the coaches, are going to become five and ten games better apiece. I just don't. I think right now it is what it is. I feel like the men's team, if you made a change, you might see some improvement, but I don't know how much. And with the women's team, I feel like if you made a change, that team falls apart. Like you're you're going, you're going from sugar to feces. And really, the sugar ain't all that sweet. I'm just, I mean, just being honest. Like it, it's not that this team is so good or so great. It's just they're coming together their first year. A lot of these girls haven't really played together. And again, I'm not continuously making excuses for coach, but I'm just being real. Why why would you fire them when it's really not cost effective? It really don't benefit you in a way that a lot of people want it to benefit you. The timing's kind of trash because they only got one year left on their contract and you're not generating a bunch of revenue. Like football, you know, again, keep Willie Simmons. But if something goes wrong and, you know, the train goes off the tracks, we can understand it. Football brings in a lot of money. And if nobody's going to the game, it's a problem. Basketball, nobody's going to the game. Nobody cares. Except for the coaches and the players. I mean, he's being real with you. I want to be there. I want them to have a packed out Lawson Center because it's different when it's packed. But I'm also a realist. It's hard to sell a losing product to anybody, especially a school where, let's be honest, basketball is not your first love. Basketball is our side piece. Sorry, don't want to say it like that, but that's our side piece. One of our many side pieces at FAMU. The March 100 and the football team. Them's our mains. Everybody else, your side piece. You may not want to hear it, but I'll tell you the truth. And if you don't like it, you know where I'm at. When you see me, come come, come talk to me and say, I don't appreciate you calling us a side piece. 
And I was like, oh, I mean, that's fair. But what do the numbers say? What do the attendance say? What does the fan engagement say? I'm just saying, like, like it is what it is. Now, on the flip side of that, why should these people be fired? The results. I'm just, I mean, that's the only re- that's the only reason some of y'all are calling for these coaches to get fired. Because we're losing. We're not winning. That's the only reason to really fire them. And some of y'all feel like we have better options. Some of y'all feel like if we fire the women's coach, we're going to go down to DRS and get Coach Cromarty. I mean, is that another Willie Simmons situation? Is it? Could be. For the men's coach, men's team, I mean, some of us are still saying the same thing. Man, we ain't had a good team since Gillespie left. And he had to go. <laughs> you can't do that kind of stuff and stay the basketball coach. Just saying. But, or get accused of it. Let me say that. So, for me, the why not fire the coaches outweigh the why to fire the most. And it's it's just full transparency to me. It's foolhardy to fire them right now just for the sake of firing them. Because the same thing you're saying about Cookman is the same thing that people are saying about us. Man, they keep firing people. Why would I want to work there? It's not the I don't accept losing. There's a difference between you don't accept losing and you're not a winner. There's a difference. The difference is when I don't accept losing, I have a winning tradition. We don't have a winning tradition in basketball. Like, let's be honest. For as much as me, you, and anybody else criticize Coach McCullum, he's come here and actually had a few good seasons. Like, I mean, I, I don't love our offense. I think it's boring. I think it's tough to watch. But I also recognize that, and, he, and yes, it's on the back of one or two players, mostly. But this has been the best probably decade of family basketball that we've seen in a very long time. I know y'all are like, man, but you just said I did. But go back and look. Look at the numbers. Look at the stats. And as aggravating as it is to have a team that really is butt cheeks, the reality is this is the best family basketball has been in a very long time. Consistent. This is the worst season we've had in a long time. And if you're going to fire him off his one trash season, be my guess. But at the same point, the man's got the, he's got the hardware to defend saying, y'all need to keep me here. I've brought stability. I've had really good seasons. I've gone deep in conference tournaments. I've actually appeared in conference tournaments multiple times like i'm just saying the guy's got a leg to stand on if he's defending himself with history now if he's defending with this himself with this season i don't want to hear it suck trash garbage stanking hot garbage but at the same point to me and i've said this again i don't think it's just because our players are trash I don't think the system works this year. And I think the system hasn't been tweaked to accommodate our players' skill sets. 
Because you got a lot of want to on that court. But it's not being seen in the results with the W's and L's. And that's what we're looking at. And it's not being seen when we look at the score. He's going, you're last place in scoring? Man, look, defense may be the key, but tell you what, offense is going to open some doors. And if you don't score some points, you have a door open to you. It's going to be the front one. And when this contract runs out, it's going to be two words, peace. Holla at you, bro. And you're going to be sitting across the court with the other former FAMU coach. Who's there to support? Who's there showing love and being respectful? But at the same point, he didn't win either. And it's not saying Coach McCall's never won. He's won. He's had decent seasons. This season's just not one of them. And you're going to have to sell it. You got to sell it. You got to sell like nobody's business. But at this point in time, as a fan, I don't see it. I don't see growth. Whereas with the women, I see a little bit of growth. Not a lot, but a little bit. Whereas with the men, I see regression. Look at the look at this, look at our record. That's regression. Look at our scoring. That's regression. Now, defensively, you can argue we up and down there, but I see a lot of regression as a program. And I'm starting to see a little bit of what I'm feeling is complacency. And I don't know how long we as a fan base are going to support it. I think we're not going to care because we don't watch the games anyway. But at the same point, yeah, it is kind of one of those areas where if you're going to let basketball fall off, you're missing a chance to make a little bit of coin. You got two sports that can be definite revenue producers, football and basketball. Football produces revenue. But it carries so much of the burden to really support athletics to where if you could get the Lawson Center to consistently be at least half full, it would generate a decent amount of revenue. Just saying, because baseball darn sure ain't going to do it. And neither is softball. The, the the facilities aren't built to generate revenue. So how in the Thomasville do you expect them to generate money when the facilities ain't there to do it? I'll, I'll get off that soapbox before I get there. The family relays then fell off. Look, the family, the family relays went down like good gas went up, as my uncle would say. That used to be a big-time event that people across the country would go to. Not anymore. Not even close. And so... I'm just going to be honest with y'all. You got to find a way to resurrect this basketball program. And next year is going to be the year. Screaming, fire the coaches, fire the coaches. I mean, that, that that's the quick way out. But it's also expensive. In a time when, let's be honest, you ain't cash strapped between balling. And if you did have some excess cash, you probably would have already done it. Especially... I'll be honest, I don't know if y'all let my girl ride through. I'd let her. But again, that's my coach, you know. <laughs> but at the same point, I, I this is going to be the year. Next year is a contract year. I told y'all, if she had seven wins for this season, I was good. If she had 10, I'd be blown away. And at this point, if we get five, I'm, I'm great. 
But for next season, she got to hit 10 to 12 wins. I got to see growth. Otherwise, that call to family DRS is going to happen to me. I just, I feel like that's the natural progression. Now, men's wise, I don't know where you go. I feel like Pat Kennedy was the guy, but he's also gotten to a point where his age is a factor. But I feel, I feel like him or somebody like him is your guy. That's your move. Because at this point, I don't know where we go with this team. Because it seems like a lot of stubbornness. A lot of, I'm sticking to my guns and I'm going to do what I got to do. But I'm just telling y'all, I don't know if that's it. And I'm careful with my words, especially because we just saw what happened with Ed Reed when you're not careful with your words. Because that brother didn't get fired just because he said that there were delinquencies and issues with what was going on at Bethune-Cookman. That brother got not offered the opportunity because he lacks seasoning in his words. Not because he's a bad person. Not because he's manic or anything else like that. But it's because whatever was said embarrassed some people. And some of the people write some checks. Let's just be honest. That's what killed that. It wasn't just that, man, he hurt our feelings and HBCUs don't like to be talked about like that. You don't like to be talked about like that. Your mama can be bow-legged with a short foot and a small arm. But guess what? You don't want me saying that to your face. Man, yo, bow-legged, short arm, mama. I wish she would say something. No, it's time to fight. Whether it's true or not. It's time to fight. Same thing happened here. Trash is here. This is going. You got to be careful what you say about people and how you say it. So for me, I'm not on the fire of the coach train. I'm not. And part of it is because I do have to sit across from the people. I want I want my little bit of paper in a few weeks. I'm going to sit right across from them, say, hey, how you doing? And it's not because I'm scared. But it's because I want I, I want to be able to have a rapport with them to where they know, hey, you can trust me. You ain't got to tell me your secrets, but you can trust me to cover you fairly. And some of us aren't realizing that financially, that's not the move. The move ain't to fire all the coaches. The move is to not just throw money at the situation either. The move is, hey, coach. You got to find a solution that's equitable to where you're at. And then come back and ask alumni for more. Because if, if you're winning, we'll give you more. Look at Willie, look at Willie Simmons. Coach goes to the 2020 club for this or that, and I'm sure he's strategic in what he asked for. But how many times has he just been told no? Opposed to, oh, we may not be able to afford it, but we'll get you what we can. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're expecting things to change overnight, it's not going to happen. I had a conversation with one of my best friends. And we were talking about the coaches. And he, he was real. He said, you know what? If I was a big money booster, I wouldn't buy, buy them out unless I was guaranteed we're making the tournament. I'm like, dang. I didn't think about it like that. I didn't think about it like that. But it, it had merit. If I'm going to write a $300,000 check, we need to make tournament. 
Because if I'm writing a $300,000 check to get rid of both coaches and we get similar results, I wasted my money. I could have waited a year and let the contract run out. And they know. They know that they're under the microscope. I'm looking at them. You're like looking at them. We're looking at them. Listen to Coach Pillow talk. You can you can hear her. She be real about the pressure. But at the same point, we as a fan base have to be responsible enough to say, unless we're going to generate the revenue to replace not just the things that aren't working, but the individuals that aren't working, then we're talking heads. And we got enough talking heads. Dang, Dak just threw a pick. It's terrible. That's what I'm doing early. I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to watch Cowboys. See if Marquise Bell get out there, but um, it's just terrible. Like you can't, you can't expect, you can't expect the university to do something you wouldn't do. You would not put yourself in a financial bind or financial constraints just to look cute, especially when the results aren't going to be that different. And if the results are going to be the same, then what's the purpose? And what's the point? You might as well just ride that thing out for another year and be cool. And that's likely what's going to happen. Don't get mad. Don't get upset with Tiffany Don Sykes for not firing the coaches. It's a budgetary thing. But trust and believe, I'm pretty sure they there is going to be understood. Next year, y'all going to make some tournaments. Otherwise, she's going to have a short list. And if I'm her, I have a short list. I have a short list for multiple sports. I have a list for football. I have a list for basketball. I got a list for baseball. Just saying, because Coach Shoop is getting older. And he's doing it by himself. Eventually, you're going to get tired. Coach Simmons already making 300 plus thousand. You got to bump him up, and eventually, it's, you're going to get priced out. Because it's going to get closer and closer to a half million dollar contract. Eventually, you're not going to be able to afford it. Basketball-wise, it is what it is. You see it. You see it. Both of them are losing. Not very likely you're going to want to bring them back. Even if I love looking at Coach, <laughs> even if I love interacting with Coach, the facts are the facts. And while they may hurt your feelings in the moment, I appreciate that I'm willing to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. If some things don't change and if some winning don't happen, some of those seats are going to be filled by somebody else. So that's the show today, y'all. Man, I ran long, but I just kind of wanted to be there. Like, not going to lie to y'all. Again, I touched on the Ed Reed just long enough to, for me to say I touched it, but I really didn't go into detail. I'm not going to tell you how to think about that because whether you're for it or against it, that's your opinion. I know for me, I have my own, but I also feel like some things could have been done differently on all ends. But that's, again, two things can be true at the same time. That's what, one thing I've learned in the past year. So that being stated, though, thank you to HBCU Digital Network. This is home. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you. As y'all see, I've been trying to work on the pipes. I'm going to warm them up because we're about to do another uh, film. So we're going to get two for one today. I'm doing the Thursday show tonight, too. So if you see the shirt again, it's not because I didn't wash my clothes. Is because we're doing a double recording today. Uh, but also, shout out to Herb Seward. Herb, 
and Dr. Cavill, and I know Dr. Cavill is not on HBCU Digital Network, but man, those guys proved to be a wealth of knowledge. I just sat in and listened. I didn't even talk in the last space. I was just listening and soaking up game because, yo, those, those folks were sharing so much and they were informative and they know what they're talking about when it comes to HBCU basketball. I mean, Dr. Cavill said, don't sleep on that Alcorn basketball team. And yeah, we found out the hard way. Uh, we found out the hard way. Uh, also, check out the black techies. As y'all see, new phone. We got the iPhone 14. Appreciate it, Herb. You know, I, I look, I listen to my cohorts and uh, those who know more than me because that's how I learn. Also, lastly, lastly, thank y'all for listening, y'all. It's been a wonderful year. We have finished our first year of things up. We're officially actually in season two already. If you haven't noticed, if you're checking online, if you haven't already, like and subscribe on Facebook and on YouTube. Also, check it out. Y'all know the live stream goes up on the Twitter page as well as the Facebook page. And share with your friends. Let them know what we're doing. Let them know we talking. We talk nice about FAMU as much as possible. Every once in a while, we talk greasy. But... I do try to keep it a little bit lighter and try to keep y'all abreast as the most up-to-date things going on with the university. So, as always, y'all, this is HBC Network's own Fangs Up podcast. And as always, it's going to be Fangs Up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now, let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community.